Okay, my name is Ella and I am a compulsive overeater. And um, wow, I, that's a long time to share. Um, but we'll see if I have anything to say that fills up that time. Um, I came into OA in 1981. No, 1982, excuse me. 1982, which is 41 years ago. And um, I just turned 81. So uh, more than half my life has been in OA. And I certainly didn't think that was going to be the case when I first arrived. And I, like many people, arrived after doing every incredible kind of weird diet, every alternative um, every no diet, I'm just going to be a big, beautiful woman, that um, particular way of doing things. And um, none of the, none of these um, worked. None of, none of these um, approaches worked to stop compulsive overeating. And of course I, focused on my weight and that's what I thought was the problem but of course it turns out that was not the problem the problem was that I overate and that I used food to um the food was my go-to it was a constant companion and um just for anybody who wants to know or doesn't want to know um my, I guess my top weight was about 185 and um, that's not what I weigh today. So uh, the program has worked, but it took, oh my goodness, it took 13 and a half years in program before I became abstinent in any um, steadfast way. I would get a few months, a few weeks, a few days, a few hours, and then I would be off to the races again. And um, so I just want to say for anybody who's struggling or finding it difficult to be abstinent, um, that it took me many years before I could um, really stop turning to food. And um, so I, I, I know that it's possible for anybody who desires to be abstinent, to be abstinent. I think there's no, no, no case too difficult and no head too hard um, in order to, um, in order to put down the food. I speak about food, not that that's the most important thing in the program, but it is the essential thing for me because it's Overeaters Anonymous. And therefore, just like alcoholics don't drink, 
um, I feel that I need not to, to not overeat in order to have the recovery that I would like. Mainly because if I'm eating, then eating becomes my problem. And I don't look at anything else. I just become completely um, floored by that. And um, I found that really rigorous honesty about my food and being willing to tell people what I was eating, even when I was overeating, that it that became a very a key part in my ability, not in my, but in the um, having the the compulsion to overeat removed. And um, you know, I don't claim to be a hundred percent. I don't claim to have risen above food a hundred percent because. There's times when I eat too quickly or there's times when I, um, you know, I I was thinking when you said that we stay for fellowship that I was thinking, what about my dinner? Um, <laughs> I'm not that interested. <laughs> I'm highly interested in eating my dinner. Um, so that's just um, the truth. Today, I was um, speaking with a, we have a little group that meets uh, once a month um, to do some in-depth work on the steps. And we were working on step 11. And one of the things that, you know, there's someone who's not muted. Um, Anyway, um, one of the things um, that we discovered is that that kind, that loneliness, that feeling of not belonging is something that um, step 11 handles. That step 11, as I draw closer to a higher power, and that makes me draw closer to all of you and to myself, there was um, an interesting reading that said, um, when we are with a higher power, we can face in solitude the things that we need to face. And we can't necessarily do that alone, but we can do that with the protection and care of a loving higher power. So, I'm glad to know that I don't have to be alone because I feel that food be, food was my companion in order to shield me from being uncomfortable alone. And so I need the comfort of a higher power in order not to turn to food. Um, what else? Um, so I, I've always worked with other people and done service in the program. That's been an important part is, um, joining 
as one of my sponsors used to say, joining the human race. And I didn't necessarily want to join the human race. I wanted to be better than everybody or else worse than everybody. But just joining the human race on an equal footing wasn't of particular interest to me. Um, And now, I think all these years later, I... I do have a sense of belonging and being a part of. And um, I think something else I'd like to talk about is just that uh, when I was overeating, I was not a particularly nice person to be around. Um, I can say maybe there's some people who would think that now, but still um, there's a vast improvement. Um, because I couldn't be honest. I couldn't be interested in you because I just wanted you to go away so that I could eat. And I could not, I could not keep from stealing food. And that's kind of interesting because it's not like I couldn't afford to buy it. And I kept on trying to say to myself, okay, I don't care if you keep eating, just stop stealing. And I couldn't. Um, it was like part of the compulsion. And I don't know. Um, but today, I'm really grateful that I don't have to do that, that I don't have to have dishonesty be a big part of my life. Um, and the other, the other things that I feel are important for me today, it's important to work with others. Um, I have a who calls every morning at 6.30. And it's very grounding to start my day with another a program fellow and just to um, either read the steps or read the traditions, which we're doing. Um, but just to be able to, um, to be able to connect like that is very important to me. Um, what else? 10 minutes. I, what? It's 10 minutes? Oh mm-hmm. my. I don't think I can fill 20. Um, uh, the, other, the other thing that is important is doing service. And, um, you know, intergroup meetings aren't the Uh, sexiest way to spend your time but uh, somebody has to do it and um, it teaches me a lot of humility and it teaches me how to be a better listener and how not to feel how to to begin to temper the idea that I'm right and my opinions are the most important in the room and um you know, that is not something that I want to continue. I don't want to continue in that mindset. And I think this is, you know, that um, being here and being in program and working with the steps, um, a lot of things that are not essential to my nature get to drop away. And I, 
understand that a lot of the times, you know, the character defects or whatever um, you want to call them, uh, just keep me separate from other people. And that there's the importance of this fellowship for me is to be connected and to be connected not only in our common recovery, but in common humanity. And um, it's, it's not always easy, I would say, and it's not, but it's really rewarding that I know that there's people I can call anytime, night or day, and that there'll be someone to um, take my call and that I offer that to anybody as well, that <clears throat> we don't have to be alone with this disease and we don't have to be alone in recovery either. Um, so, you know, I don't really have a whole lot else to say. I feel like um, I just like to listen to other everybody else and um, just know that I'm extremely grateful. I never thought in my life it would be possible to be in a, in a normal sized body and eating three meals a day. I can't, I mean, honestly, if you had told me that was in store for me, I wouldn't have believed you. Not at all, because the way I ate was vicious. And so um, I just, I cannot, I cannot be grateful enough for the gift of abstinence. Um, and I say that because I mean, there is much, much more to recovery than just putting down the food, as we all know. But it's the beginning for me. And that if I pick up food, then that becomes my problem and that becomes my focus. And I can't do any other kind of, I can't do anything else. So um, I, I feel like um, abstinence is a precious gift, which I didn't do anything special except keep coming back. Um, and coming back despite how badly it seemed I was working the program <laughs> and coming back over and over and over again. And, you know, as somebody said, God only asks us to pick ourselves up one time and that's after we fall. So, um, and also um, there's a, a couple of alcoholic priests that I've liked to go on retreats with and, um, one of them likes to say that God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who ask. And so this is a program of asking for help, asking for help from my fellows and asking for help from a higher power, asking for help from, I don't know what, you know, I, cause I can't define what I think a higher power is or isn't. Um, but I know that, there is something that if I'm quiet and if I'm in need, there is something that I can turn to. And um, I think that's all I can say.